G'day everyone and a very happy new year to everyone at home. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by John for a very special uh, kickoff episode for 2022 of Double Jump Radio. Uh, John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. It's um, getting incredibly hot in WA for the last like three weeks. <laughs> um, so, And I have my room all closed off for the recording setup. So, um, mm. yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah. doing all right. Been playing a few games. Um, which I'll get into a bit later, but uh, yeah, not too much. Oh, that's good. Sorry. That's good. <laughs> How was your New Year's? Was it a bit subdued because of all the, you know, the Omicron scares? Uh, yeah, but I would have been anyway, to be honest. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> yeah. How about yours? Uh, yeah, no, I um uh ha- had a pretty pretty chill New Year's, but uh, I had my birthday a couple of days before that, so I turned the the good old three zero. So. I think I'm I'm out of some I'm sure I'm out of like some sort of demographic in some video game marketing sheet somewhere now but that's uh that's uh I don't know I, I feel the same but uh it's um yeah it's it's I'm I'm psyched to to see what the next decade holds it's going to be a lot of fun you know maybe uh <laughs> maybe getting uh, some new I don't know I I we're going to talk about it in the news but uh, I'm keen to see some industry events kind of go back to the way they used to be like to their glory days like, i kind of miss that <laughs> oh, <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like the th- th- like 30 to 40 is like the most exciting time <laughs> i was like oh maybe um, yeah i i mean i guess so depending on the the person you know that's probably where a yeah, lot of all n- like a lot of the people nowadays are getting married having kids and starting families and you know introducing their kids to games and and things like that that that's something that i definitely am looking forward to is you know, imagine showing a kid like Super Mario and and like you know Sonic the Hedgehog, and 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 just be like, you know, this is this is what games are like, and then seeing their minds blown when you show them their first 3D game, and then I don't know, or maybe it's all just going to be like they go to the daycare and a kid's got an iPad and then everything's ruined, nothing's the same. <laughs> what if they're like very unimpressed? <laughs> is that scary? <laughs> that's true it's like dad i've i have vr in in my primary school why do i need what do i need controllers (laughs) (laughs) maybe that that'll happen maybe maybe when you're a dad (laughs) you might you might have a different conversation than me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, oh but it's it's good to hear that you you've uh you've kind of avoided getting sick throughout which is which is always good to hear so that's yeah it's always refreshing a lot of um yeah, I should probably shouldn't go too much into that stuff, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it was scary for there for a second, but I understand you guys over east to kind of having it rough again. Yeah, yeah. So like um, like obviously cases are skyrocketing here in in Victoria, but uh, like my my mother-in-law who lives with us, she um was exposed to it, so she tested positive this week, and so we're all kind of iso- like separated, isolating in different parts of the house and trying to i don't know do the best we can and stay sane while <laughs> not leaving the house which is which has been a bit challenging especially when you need to get groceries and things like that um, right like it's yeah and especially th- the annoying thing is there's so many tra- there's so many like conflicting pieces of information that's the frustrating thing mm. 
Yeah, but anyway, you know, at least we're soldiering on. A lot of people are in a much worse situation, so I really feel for them, and I really hope that no one, uh, you know, comes down with any sickness throughout this time. So you know, let, let's um, let's move on and, and talk about some some fun things like tabletop games. John, last week, uh, Lucas uh, released another article in his, uh, I guess, his primer series for uh, Infinite, which is a miniature-based tabletop war game from uh, Corvus Belly, which I believe is out of Spain. Yeah, it's um, I've been handling the editing duties on this series for months, I think. Lucas had this done for a while, um, but it's been we've been kind of like keeping it back for a while as the new website was rolled out and now it's mm. like now it's just a good time for it so it's um yeah. yeah it's otherwise a game i haven't heard of much just because partly mainly because i don't follow tabletop really but it's um yeah it's kind of like a manga anime inspired tactical tabletop game um luke's kind of providing like yeah so he's had his beginners article and now he's kind of introducing all the um, factions in the game which there's many um and and then after that we'll have our faction focus series or luke's faction focus series um, where he focuses on individual factions within the universe so a lot of it's just world-based while also kind of giving you some ideas on how to build an army for the game if you wanted to get into it further but otherwise it's just it's good read anyway yeah and uh, like i'm a sucker for like really good miniature paintings and I, I just love the whole craft side of the, the miniature kind of tabletop gaming like uh that's that's why like it really stands out to me because you know so many games kind of copy or emulate the warhammer style with the you know the bulky dudes and the, the very european proportions and it's 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 um it's uh like cool seeing like that that whole idea but with like a more like eastern like anime inspired or manga inspired um like art style it's it's really cool yeah some really cool designs out there like from um mm. corvus belly like some of the miniatures are really nice from what i could tell but um yeah yeah just like any tabletop game is kind of a bit of an investment i think but um yeah, yeah. it looks making it a bit easier i suppose i definitely uh love reading all of these uh these little uh these primer articles and looking forward to the breakdowns of the factions which is uh yeah it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, part two coming soon. Mm. Uh, well, that's uh, what was on the site last week. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more fresh, awesome new content coming over the next few weeks as we kick off 2022. Uh, but let's uh, let's speak about the news that's happened over the past couple of weeks since we've taken a break. Uh, th- I guess that the major story is that uh e3 for 2022 is once again going to be an online only affair and this comes out of games beat uh where uh the esa the electronic software association which is the 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 u.s kind of governing body for the gaming industry over there handles all of the ratings and, and things like that it's the the organizer of e3 which is kind of like gaming's largest commercial convention i know that gamescom and pax uh, have kind of uh you know they've got their own places and they've got a huge huge following as well but e3 is kind of like i don't know about you but e3 was always like an event for me like always like a huge uh like part of the year for me i always treated it like gaming christmas <laughs> yeah definitely it's um yeah especially when you're younger i think it's like there's kind of that point mm. where like you're following games and then you like find out about e3 
and then it's like there's a like, kind of like cross section where it's like <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh there's an event where it's like you, they announce all the biggest games at once <laughs> yeah uh, but that's kind of <laughs> i don't know it hasn't been true for a little while even before um for covid so it's like mm. um yeah it'll be interesting to see how because uh, online like last year's wasn't wasn't too bad i don't <laughs> don't remember much well, about well, it anymore well, that's the thing that's the thing so uh like esa statement basically boils down to well omicron's gone out of control so in the interest of health and everyone's safety uh we're not going to hold it in person uh, i think it's a smart move better to get ahead of it uh and, and and you're right uh like e3 last year i guess the summer games fest uh kind of kickoff stream and the the announcements that came from that whole kind of season of content from Jeff Keighley uh, is, I guess, kind of, I don't know, did it did it kind of steal the thunder, in a way, oh, from E three? Yeah. Uh, oh well, maybe I don't know. I think it tends to be up and down because, like, with the game awards, you mean so? No, with you know how we had that. Uh, ga- oh, the uh, summer, summer games, games first. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, because yeah, the Summer yeah. Games Press was like over like three or four months or something. Because I remember when the announcement yeah. came, it's like, oh, this is going <laughs> on for a while then. Um, but the, the, the kickoff stream is like, I guess when traditionally like Microsoft would hold its press conference like on that Sunday on E3 week, uh, the weekend before. So that's why it was kind of interesting seeing like, you know, a lot of big announcements come from uh, Summer Games Fest rather than E3. Yeah, it's. I think it's like... E3 is like definitely hurt by not having like kind of like a centralized element to mm. it. You know, it's like by being online, it's kind of more piecemeal. And then Summer Games Fest was like based around that idea. There was like a few really, and like also I think it kind of let a few of the smaller shows stand out a bit better than they would have. Yeah. Cause I think Devolver had theirs during that as well, right? And yeah. um, Wholesome Games. Yeah. Cause I think we, this is the first year for that. Yeah. And that was like, that was really nice because I covered that and like that was actually worth, you yeah. know, it's like it was a good. They have the opportunity to stand out with these, like mm. in with this new format. Um, yeah, because like, yeah, it's yeah, because I remember you being really like. I guess it's it's probably a show that would have got lost in the the new cycle in a in like a traditional year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like it's mm. um, yeah. So I'm not sure if there were because I think there are a few shows like that, like kind of the same overall format, like lots of indie games, a lot of the indie games like sharing, like showing up across them. You know, like not just one. Um, yeah. And yeah, so in a way, it's like it kind of let smaller games get a bigger spotlight than they otherwise would when it's kind of this. You know, it's, like, it's like the spotlight has been like, you know, broadened so massively. So in a way, it's like there's no huge spikes of announcements. I think because COVID ended up messing things up anyway in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, just in terms of like, you know, games just weren't ready to announce. Um, mm, mm. I don't know. And, I'm and, probably forgetting, yeah. <laughs> forgetting some big games that were <laughs> well, announced. During I mean, then. like I guess, uh, I guess if in terms of official, uh, like official streams, like the the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, I think is was officially part of E3. But again, that was also like a like a pre-recorded live stream, basically. Um, then Ubisoft, as always, is part of officially part of E3. But EA held its EA. I think it was, was it's not EA Play. That's what it used to be called. But I think it was just called like EA Live or something, um, mm. which like EA I think has it hasn't really been at E3 for a while. It's kind of always had like EA Play down the road, like that kind yeah. of or in London, and they used to do kind of streams as well. And then 
just yeah it's it's like there's something to be said that like a lot of the pundits and industry kind of commentators are kind of saying that well you know e3 was going becoming irrelevant anyway so they're just saving face by getting ahead of it and blaming it on omicron like i don't know i feel like e3 still has a place and and what people forget is that e3 is not just for like game fans it's actually a great place to have so many people from the industry in one like physical like geographic area you know mm. you can have you can set up meetings you can catch up with people in the industry you can do side events and things like that that you normally can't do um you know just just by the fact that everyone's so spread out especially as as we'll see in you know game awards and other things is that you know studios from other parts of the world are rising up it's no longer just you know america and japan yeah like it was yeah yeah it's like yeah that's actually a really good point actually it's like there needs to be more because essentially it's like it's still technically an industry event Event. like a conference for and you know the idea behind those is that all these specialists and people in the field actually come together to hang out for a while and like exchange yeah. information and network and all that stuff and then you know as over time it's grown into something more of a spectacle for the sake of people watching yeah especially being able to watch has become easier as online access has gone better and so on and so forth of course and there's like you know there's yeah. all these other conferences as well but like i do wonder it's like yeah, in a way it's like there's there are other conferences like gamescom and um dice awards i think and a few others where like you know a lot of people from the industry show up at once so mm. i don't know maybe it's maybe that aspect of it is just kind of losing ground as well i don't know well that's the thing like um like the the dice awards which are, are done in conjunction with the games development conf- conference uh every year like that caters more to specifically like developers you know people exchanging tech like there are a lot of tech talks and keynotes uh you know kind of deep dives and post-mortems on games a great place to share knowledge and i always saw like e3 was a great place for you know uh a lot of uh i guess interviews from different people who you don't normally see or uh you know meetings happening in the background securing deals for the next year or you know like e3 is like nooks and crannies like people forget that you know like guitar hero was basically discovered in like a side hall (laughs) at at like e3 2004 or something and so it's like there's there's definitely um the industry side of things that i think e3 has value that people are like forgetting yeah i guess it's just when like when it's fully online people are kind of well i don't know i'd be interested to know what people in the industry actually think of it like if when Mm. they have you know, when it just becomes an event for to reveal games or show games off, like any other, then you can like do so that many time. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> I wonder. I don't know. I wonder if they have like their perspective on what E three means to them, like the you know the like utility of it. Like, I wonder if that's changed. Like, do they like miss it, or does it just not matter? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, like I remember as a like as a kid, like hearing about the Game Boy Advance at E3 2001 on, um, like, Channel 9 News or whatever, like, you know, <laughs> before the internet kind of, you know, before, like, in Australia, we had broadband and you could watch E3 live on GameSpot or whatever, you know. Before I realised there were games websites and things like that, you know, you, you kind of got little snippets of the world of, like, you know, game business 
in those like kind of mainstream media reports. Mm. So that I'm sure that that still plays a factor in there. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it's it's a good like I'm always excited for E3. I don't understand the whole cynicism. Like, why does anyone like why are people so negative? Why do people want it to fail? I don't understand that. You know, you don't need it to fail for online shows to succeed. You can have both. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it kind of makes you wonder if like talking about it being an industry thing, like will it just kind of regress back into being mostly industry without much of a showcase angle to it? I mean, because there's always been a showcase, but it's like, I wonder if it's, Mm. I don't know, could it quiet it down and survive or not? People don't remember, I'm not sure if maybe some of our younger fans don't remember, but like if you watch like, um, like watch E3 conferences from like 2007, 2008, even up to like, 2009-ish or whatever, they still had, they literally had spreadsheets and graphs <laughs> on like the stage because it was about in, investors were in the audience, you know, retailers were yeah. in the audience. It was an industry kind of thing. Yeah, alongside yes, like, the, oh, sorry, yeah. it's like alongside like the most embarrassing showcases you could possibly yeah, imagine. Like, like, you know, we you had like kind of the, the male-centric kind of like booth babes, like kind of oh, yeah, that's shit shows and things like that and, you know, you had like Mountain Dew, like exhibits and stuff like that, but you also had like serious industry discussions happening. And yeah, it's, I don't know, like E3 always holds a special place in my heart and I don't necessarily want it to go away. Uh, I, I, I always look, f- I love seeing these announcements. I love seeing like, like I guess those one-off events are cool, like those Nintendo Directs and everything, but just when it's like, okay, this whole week is dedicated to gaming. That's always cool. Yeah, like because I think what's like, I think what's interesting, like, um, yeah, because like it holds a special place in my, you know, in my mind, like my relationship with games as well, and like I, I'm sure that's true of most people. And I think because like because you described like Christmas for gaming, sort of, even though you don't get any <laughs> presents out of it, you just yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff you might be able to buy. Um, yeah, it's like, but what it is, it's like it's kind of as someone who you know, as people who follow the industry. Um, it's kind of like a turning point or like it's kind of what the game industry seemed to hinge around you know it's like it kind yeah. of builds up to the E3 and it's like oh this is where gaming is going for the next year and then you know yeah. and then that's kind of yeah and that's kind of like you know we don't you know, the industry doesn't really need that but it does feel more I don't know it always felt central and important to the yeah. medium and like yeah, yeah. like uh, and I guess like it used to be where you'd learn the first details about consoles you know mm. microsoft goes on stage or playstation goes on stage and says unveils the the next system and it was like oh my god now <laughs> it's just like done via a wired article and a 10 minute video with mark cerny <laughs> like, you know it's well that's yeah, like more details know. than we would have gotten though it's like i, kinda, I don't <laughs> yeah. know i don't mind it like unraveling yeah. in a different ways now <laughs> but like because there is something cool to that too but it's yeah. also yeah it's like there is something I don't know something lost or something. I don't know. Sure. So yeah, yeah like the, I feel the like art I have of showmanship. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I have to wait like a year or two more to really understand how I feel about it. Like because yeah. I tend to forget it so quickly too. Like a lot of gaming's like that. I guess just because I I don't follow as closely as I did when I was in high school. So it's just like yeah. I, a lot of it just doesn't stick in my mind quite as well. Especially events because they so, tend to be so similar to one another too. Exactly, and and announcements happen like. You know, Nintendo literally just drops a tweet saying, "Next Tuesday at this time, we're going to drop. Uh, we're going to talk about this." And then yeah. you got 
like Nintendo just like just basically topped the news cycle for the next week. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And and that's before the actual event happens. It's all the speculation articles and everything. Um oh and all the articles about like where to watch <laughs> and yeah. things like that. So it's it's a different world we live in now and and that's the thing, like um it's it's that fight between companies and uh publications in terms of controlling the message, when the message comes out, what the message is, how it's delivered. It's, yeah. yeah it's that's actually a good point to bring up as well because like, I feel like that's another aspect of E3 was like the idea that someone wins it. Like that, that was always, yeah. That's always a thing in it. And it doesn't make much sense, but I understand why that something like that takes hold when console wars are a thing that dates back yeah. decades. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder, it's like that's become less of a thing and it, like, it actually hurts them like as you said, like they kind of want their own spotlight, their own space to talk about their announcements. So E3 yeah. doesn't really benefit anyone, but I guess E3 and I guess the viewers sort of, but not even the viewers because they'll forget all the unexciting stuff or, or you exactly. know, in their eyes at least. And they'll only f- remember the notable ones, like, you know, like 2% of the whole conference or something, mm-hmm. of all the stuff they've heard about. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I suppose that like when it's kind of natural that it's kind of a, and are breaking down into something different. Exactly. Like you can you can remember it's like, oh my god, did you see oh what is this new game called Assassin's Creed? It looks so cool. Yeah. You know, what is this totally different? Or like, oh my god, like I think I think um oh Star Wars thirteen thirteen, that one E three this year, hands down. Like you don't have those discussions anymore. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh who had the best showing? Was it PlayStation? Was it Microsoft? Well, I, I feel like, like you it's still have that to a certain extent, but yeah. it's not I guess it's not as tenacious. Yeah, that's yeah. Because I feel like it's very like show to show now. Like the Game Awards is the closest yeah. because it's such a. They've tried to make it such a spectacle now. Like it really demands yeah. you give it that sort of. Yeah, you ha- you, like it demands that sort of relationship almost. Where like it's like oh, what's going to be the best announcement? Because they're always making a big thing of it's like oh, we're going to have <laughs> six hundred announcements, and like um yeah. and like. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, you know, people do the same thing with like, you know, there's a state of play from PlayStation. And it's like, you know, what won the state of play? Oh, actually, I don't know. Maybe people don't say that, saying it out loud. <laughs> but I feel like people always make, you know, I think people always want to put it, compete things with each other. <laughs> I think it's an apt time to to change it up and, and talk about the Game Awards, which um, I guess Jeff Keighley is responsible for this as well, not just you know the Summer Games Fest, but also the Game Awards, which is kind of the, the annual end-of-year, quote-unquote, uh, celebration of uh, that past year of video gaming. It's, it, I guess, uh, for like a quick history lesson, it's kind of like the spiritual successor to the Spike VGA uh, so the the Spike Video Game Awards. Spike was a like a, I guess a cable TV channel dedicated like focused for like men between the age of eighteen and thirty five. Like it had a lot of extreme sports and things like that. So the the Spike VGAs kind of were of an era, and <laughs> yeah. I think like the the Game Awards for all the the flack at cops. Like it is still a much more it is a is a better event overall than the VGAs, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's just it's got its own quirks in, in, in a different way like what did you think overall of, of the showing um, yeah because I, I watched it uh, but I was muting a lot of it 
just for well, whatever enough. reason. <laughs> Second. Um, uh, well, yeah, like um, I, I guess from our point of view, like we 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 don't have three hours here to discuss the the game awards. So what we'll do is we'll focus on the the key announcements from the show itself, as well as like you know just discuss like kind of the the game of the year nominees and, and the overall winner. So uh, I guess John, uh, let's let's list some of the the massive uh, like announcements uh, if you want to kick us off. Yeah. So. The one I remembered first was Alan Wake 2 from Remedy, mm-hmm. which I was very happy about. We have a few people at Double Shop who are very happy about it. <laughs> um, and and it seems to be because, to be honest, again, I muted it. I just kind of got <laughs> details from later. Um, uh, Sam Lake was on hand to kind of talk it, uh, like in, uh, introduce Alan Wake 2. Um, and he kind of, one thing he mentioned was that it'll be a survival horror game, which is actually the first um try it that genre that remedy's done so like you know they definitely don't mm. they I, I mean i don't think people do generally but they i guess they don't consider the first game to really fall in line with what they're yeah. doing with the second one it was still it was still like it had horror elements yeah like it it was like you can kind of tell like he was based on like a stephen like alan wake was based on a stephen king like character like author character but it was still very much an action game yeah, it's like close to like in the remedy style. Yeah, it's like a horror thriller rather than like a yeah. horror game or a survival horror game. So that yeah. kind of and like the, I don't know the tone of the teaser was very interesting. It looks like it's kind of stepping more to the supernatural this time, mm. rather than like uh, it's hard to say because like there's actually quite a bit of a backstory to Alan Wake that's like I need to one I need to replay the first one, but then there's like these two other extra games that haven't been remastered or anything with yeah, their like own the, little. The, there were larger DLC, uh, like standalone expansions. Yeah, right? that was like the you know like 360 arcade games. They're like yeah, I think there were two. Of, I'm pretty sure there were two. Of them. And I forget, I forget the the other one, but yeah, um, yeah, it's like definitely. Yeah, so I don't have all that knowledge at all, <laughs> but it's um yeah, it just seems to be going further with the doppelganger aspect of oh that's right, and then there was like the control DLC, which also kind of shed a, a little bit of light on <laughs> what's yeah. been going on. So yeah, because like uh, like as, as part of the 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 remedy verse or whatever we'd call it, Alan Wake exists within the world of Control, so it takes place in the same universe. But um, it was like a like I guess in the remedy. Uh, sorry, the control, like one of the final DLC, I think, heavily featured Alan Wake, right? Yeah, Alan Wake. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with it when, like, when I finally played it. Oh yeah, because I played it like right away too. <laughs> and it's like, um, yeah, I had high expect, like, high hopes for that DLC. I ended up being more, um, I don't. Know, it's like Alan Wake had like a few bits in like cutscenes where nothing really, you didn't really say much. It was just him being seemingly like trapped somewhere, I think. And then a character okay. from the first game shows up as like a mutated version you have to take down. So he ends up becoming like just something like that. I've, I've very broad strokes with that story. <laughs> um, but it, it, Alan Wake is like not a hugely featured aspect of that DLC. So it's not really like, I don't think it's like necessarily like a key part of the Alan Wake story world, whatever. But um, yeah, it's, but I don't know. Having the second one announced is very, very exciting because I think a lot of people have been really hoping for it and like not really expecting it so mm. yeah i'm very excited about that and then um oh, that's good to hear uh, that's definitely the definitely uh one to look out for and then there was um two sonic things <laughs> 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 uh 
so Sonic Frontiers, the open world esque Sonic game that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. It's it's got like open world zones. I think it was like kind of described. So okay. it's not quite like a GTA style open world, but seems like there's a a lot more focus on exploration. So I guess like I, I think that's it's kind of the kind of the 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 funny thing about Sonic is that for all that Sonic is based around going fast and speed, there's a hell of a lot of times in Sonic games where you don't go fast, where it's like you bump into something or there's a lot of precise jumping that you want to do when you really just want to go quick and just like zoom past all loop-to-loops and through the air and, and things like that. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this really, like how the game designers really get around the limitations. Like ideally, like everything would be flat and be like ramps and stuff, but then... It wouldn't really make sense as a game world. So, like, as in, like, in terms of a narrative sense, you know, a, like a, a planet of jumps, like. <laughs> well, it's like, so, um, yeah, like, because you mentioned, like, open world sections, which I don't think I was aware mm. of, actually. And, like, that makes me think that it's just going to have traditional levels and then some sort of hub world sort of setup, maybe, yeah, something like that. Probably something like Halo. Yeah, yeah. Probably something like Halo, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. Um, and then, oh yeah. yeah, but there was also like there was this fan game from years ago called Sonic Utopia, which is like basically like a prototype yes. for a open world, like a Sonic 3D game. open world. And it was like it was very, as I as I gather, it was very good, or at least it was very good at the thing it was trying to essentially prototype, which was open world Sonic and like the sense of um, the momentum. You know, like being able to build momentum over like open space with that that kind of control system, and it's like as I've said, it's like it's a very good. Like I wonder if it'll emulate that at all. Like I would like uh, it would be nice if it did, um, but the Sonic team don't seem to be very. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they're like they're uh, what's the word? Not sure how. I don't know. They seem to do okay work, but they don't seem to be <laughs> yeah. like they don't really push forward or innovate Output in has big ways. Been the best. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess Sonic Mania from a few years ago, uh, I guess uh, the reason why I think that was so uh, well-received is because they brought on Christian Whitehead and his, like, studio, which... Like, he's, like, a, I think a long-time Sonic modder, and he's got a reputation for porting a lot of the older Sonic games. So he's... He, he like, I guess Sonic Mania was so faithful and played so well like the original games because it was made with such kind of like such like knowledge and precision in mind yeah definitely and I wonder if like I wonder if something similar has happened again maybe the person who made Sonic Utopia is somehow involved in this game yeah it's like those <laughs> those traits that Whitehead brought to Sonic Mania have like never really yeah. been brought to 3D versions of Sonic mm. at least like uh, people like the earlier games which I've seen some footage of because I never had like a Dreamcast or anything uh, it's like but um it's yeah i don't know it's i don't know people i think people always have high hopes for whenever they have a new sonic game like, like every time yeah. it happens it's like oh this one could be good because <laughs> like you know like because people really like colors in generation or at least generation yeah. people like that one the most as i understand it yeah um so it's like you know there's like they've still got something there like that team yep so i don't know definitely definitely but, remember that a lot of that buzz around generations um, which which i think that and colors are both getting like both have been remastered. Oh, right? Colors got a really bad remaster, right? Oh, really? Because <laughs> then oh. isn't that the one with all the like um, the health concerns <laughs> with the buzzing lights, and st- like the flashing lights? Uh, it makes sense because it was a DS 
Wii game around like painting colors and. No, it's because yeah, I had like I epilepsy can... concerns. Oh, yeah. Cause cause it, cause it, Jesus cause, Christ. Because I had the patch it. I think it was that, that game. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I'm going to have to look this up. You, you've got me. You've got me Googling live. <laughs> wow. Glitches are reportedly capable of causing seizures in epileptic players. Wow. Yeah, like these are crazy glitches. Jesus Christ, that's scary. <laughs> so, wow. So, uh, hopeful wow. for Frontiers, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> um, there was also, uh, yeah. also the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, like the actual movie version. Hell yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I was like, Did you like the first movie? I thought it was all right. It was about what I yeah. kind of expected. You know, it's like it's kind of like slightly rises above my expectations for video game movies. It actually does that thing that like I've, I think I mentioned before how like one of the things I really wish Hollywood would figure out or just do in general is just do all the kids movies of games first and then do mature movies. Or maybe I mean you don't yes. have to do it now. That it's just that it's clearly the easiest route to getting like a decent movie and franchise off the ground is going yeah. after the ones that are like clearly ready made for like you know, children's friendly yeah. entertainment. Like, it, it, it's not a, like, it, it, it was it was a funny, like, I, I I found it funny. Like, it. listen, it's not the most deep humor, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's it was, just like, yeah. it's just shenanigans of like, you know, what would a supersonic hedgehog do who grew up on like pop culture, <laughs> like, you know, do in a human world? Like, that's just, and I, and I think like, um, I think the casting was, pretty i think it was a pretty great casting like you know sonic the hedgehog i think the voice actor had the right amount of like kind of annoying teen kind of like energy yeah with like the straight laced cop uh, and his and his like concerned partner plus the like like um like jim carrey was a very inspired casting for dr eggman slash robotnik that was yeah uh, i was a big fan of that and um yeah ben schwartz that's his name. Ben Schwartz, yes. Voice. And he also Who's presented the, the trailer alongside, you know, six other Hollywood people. Um, <laughs> but it's... Oh, God. But uh, the, the the big thing here is that um, I guess something that was teased at the end of... I think the first movie was uh, Tales. Um, yeah, like and he's voiced by the, the game picture. voice actor, like his long time... Oh, his current... Yeah, which is voice. so cool. Yeah, it's a great uh, idea. I think, I think that was really cool. Um, and... Um, yeah, and uh, Idris Elba playing Knuckles, yeah. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> and taking which, it very seriously from I, his I interviews, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, it's like, I, yeah, just to like sum up, it's like it seems very like it seems like they're de- delving even further into the games this time, which is kind of nice to see. So it's like Emerald, mm. like Emeralds, more Sonic p- characters. It's kind of just getting more into the you know world of the games rather than just Sonic existing as his own yeah. little thing in the you know fish out of water set up so it's mm. yeah it, it looks hopefully it's about as good as the first one that's good enough yeah yeah that's what we need yeah so we need a little bit of light-hearted fun yeah not not everything has to be like a, a dune style super serious like <laughs> in your face movie that would be interesting with sonic <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh like oh wow oh um, sand dune, what sand dune zone? Sonic in sand dune zone. <laughs> <laughs> Goes for three hours. Um, yeah. Anyway. And then we had a, a a Star Wars, a Star Wars announcement. Surprise Star Wars announcement. Yeah. So this was rumored. I don't know. I'll go through my experience, which is 
the trailer itself was really it was a really nice teaser trailer that's touched on a lot of imagery we haven't seen in the Star Wars before, at least not mm. often. I, it felt very new as a teaser, yeah. and then it ended with the Quantic Dream logo, which is a bit of a buzzkill to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's been like some mm. kind of detail because uh, like this game was like rumored, like uh, I want to say like a year ago or so, like the idea that Quantic Dream was working on a Star Wars thing. Yeah, and they uh, kind of like fell off. Yeah, like I totally forgot about it. But um, there's been some, been some other details about it where it's like it's going to have multiplayer elements. I think they're kind of making it like it seems to be a very large scale game for the developer of Heavy Rain and Detroit and stuff. Like it's very seems very ambitious mm. with all these systems yeah. and mechanics they've never done before. And yeah. also I'm they have worried. all this like and they're being kind of really hammered by... Um, you know, workplace allegations and yeah, and um, harassment allegations, and because apparently there was also news that apparently that's really um, uh, I think it was a rumor because it's it's sort of I wouldn't I'll take a grain of salt, but apparently it's really harming their recruitment efforts and their funding I efforts. I do not doubt that at all. Yeah, um, we've um, already we've already heard reports about Ubisoft copying that. Yeah, exactly, uh, and losing talent as well. So it's I would not, especially like I guess. In a smaller studio like a Quantic Dream, you're so, I guess you're you're only a couple of steps removed from the quote unquote auteurs up at the top who, you know, sound like they're pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, Cage is a special kind of person, <laughs> seemingly. Yes. Um, yeah, David Cage. Um, yeah, so like that's the thing. Like it, it's the game is set in the High Republic timeline, so it's kind of like. Uh, set before the events of any Star Wars movies. Yeah, it's um, like set like so 200 like, years before the prequels or something. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like thousands of years ago in the setting of the Old Republic games. And it's not in the movies. It's like the kind of the, the golden era of the Republic. I think the High Republic is the the, the name of that period. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I, I, I first thought it was set during like episode one era because you see like, you know, the the Jedi Council room in Coruscant and you look over the city and everything, but I think obviously it just makes sense that that would have been a really shiny office back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. like, from what I understand, like people are really, people are enjoying the High Republic, Republic stuff because so far it's just been comics and um, mm. and novels. I think that's it so yeah. far. And like people seem yeah. to be liking it, but more, people seem to be liking it more than I expected them to and I think more than they expected to because I remember there being a lot of skepticism when it was that mm. old, that like the High Republic era was announced, so, oh, well, I mean, regardless, I don't think this game's going to be very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not sure why I'm hyping Pro- up the High Republic. Um, <laughs> Press X to force choke. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, your employees, because that's apparently how he runs his bloody. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway, um, from one villain to another, we have a whole cast of villains in uh, the Suicide squad uh game which yeah i always confuse this with the the bat the new batman oh yeah like gotham Gotham knights Knights game (laughs) but um yeah suicide squad by rocksteady that's it this is the one from the batman arkham developer yeah Um, whereas gotham knights is from i think a monolith like another part of monolith but oh they're from like um a dc specific studio like montreal or something Um, or something. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so Suicide Squad killed oh, yeah. the Justice League. That's its full title. It's our first look at gameplay 
in from this game because I've been having just like story trailers the last couple times. Um, mm. Have you seen it yet? Have you? Or, no, I'm going to okay. be honest and say no. <laughs> All right. Um, I was actually really surprised at how fun it looked. I was For some reason, I thought it was like first person. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because they announced it being like game of the service Destiny-like or something. Or maybe just uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just as a service game, I mean. Um, not sure if that's still true. Um, I assume it is. I, I think it's still the... Uh, yeah, I think it's still the... Um, the, the still the go with that is that yeah. it is still going to be like a, a service game. Yeah, but it's... um. Yeah, a lot. Of, it reminded a lot of people of um, Sunset Overdrive. Is that what it's called? Overall, yep. whatever that Insomniac game is. So very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, like yeah. very kinetic. Sense. Like you, you, yeah. From the, like each character can move, move large distances very quickly. There's like a lot of just like movement and motion and like momentum to the gameplay, which I really wasn't expecting. Yeah. Like I was surprised at how fun it looked. Which is like I think like I saw a lot of people comparing it to Avengers. And that's like a kind of a stark contrast. Like it kind of immediately highlights what the problem with Avengers was, which just seemed to be okay. It just didn't have the foundation needed to like sustain a service model. But Squad Suicide Squad looked like it's like, oh, I could play that for a while, <laughs> you know? That kind of like yeah. in the same way Destiny is, you know, Destiny hooks people yeah. because of how good it plays. Not necessarily because of yeah. other elements. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. it depends on the person. But it's like that's like it its looks main smooth. Thing. The animations, the movements look great, and and like having just watching the gameplay trailer now, it's yeah, you, I can definitely see that sense of uh, kineticism, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, the sense of movement that's that's there. It's um, it, it definitely f- looks like it's got the polish of a remedy game. I'll put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Rocksteady. <laughs> like you said, remedy. Oh, sorry, oh. Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting. I'm already getting all these confused. A actually. Batman, a, a remedy game. That's like about Batman. That could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please, no David Cage. Um. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, so that's from Monolith, made a maker of the last couple of Lord of the Rings games. Um, mm-hmm. What called Shadow, Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, that's yep. <laughs> yeah, and also oh. the, I think the the man's manhunt games from like uh, a long time ago. Like oh, these like th- uh, like first person action. Oh, uh, didn't they make fear? Games. I think Manhunter was Rockstar. Th- Am I getting no, things confused? Rockstar published. Oh, I think it okay. was d- uh, d- uh, made by um, Monolith. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Um, anyway, yeah. with Wonder Woman, there's a teaser trailer. We see a Wonder Woman ass Wonder Woman character model, and um, not much else. Not much else. Like I don't think there's any other information on it other than that it's in development by Monolith, and. Mm. period yeah that's um, it's pretty much like a teaser of a teaser trailer yeah okay oh no you're right yeah rockstar was like yeah oh they actually made it as well rockstar okay yeah no no it was purely rockstar yeah I'm, I'm just getting that confused sorry oh. my bad no worries <laughs> um I, I think like manhunter and fear is kind of like weirdly easy to get confused <laughs> like they feel like the same sort <laughs> oh, yeah, of like true. edgy they era the same era yeah yes yes Especially, I remember the buzz around fear. I was like, "Oh my god, the AI it reacts to you, it thinks and yeah, and, yeah." Um, <laughs> and then uh, I think, I guess, lastly, will be a couple of Telltale-ish or tel- or Telltale games. So there was Star Trek Resurgence, and then there was The Expanse. Um, I think The Expanse is set before the show starts. I'm not sure quite what the deal with that is. Otherwise, I'm not up to date with that uh, show. The, the Expanse, <laughs> as in the the Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sci-fi show. Yep. Yeah. And Star Trek Resurgence is, I guess it, it, it's it's good to note that 
the the pedigree here is that it's being developed by a studio made up of some ex Telltale Games, uh, like developers. Yeah. So um, honestly, I didn't pay much attention to the Telltale Games that were announced. Um, just like to, it was kind of nice to see that like that developer generally being healthy again. You know, it's like there's a proper Telltale. They're making the Expanse and um, Wolf Among Us too, and um, I think they might have another thing announced or something. I'm not sure now. And they've got, you know, more of the X-Telltale devs making a Star Trek game. It's like, yeah, it's kind of nice to see that foundation, like, it, you know, just completely collapsed at the time. But it's nice to see them <laughs> kind of not just like splintering off into the world to, but it's like, you know, they're it's still the around making the same types of games or trying to. <laughs> so it's kind of, honestly, kind of nice. Mm. But, um, it's good to see familiar faces. Yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah, we'll move on to the awards, I suppose, briefly. Yeah, Yeah, like, I think, I I, I was, like, like, looking at it, I was surprised that Cyberpunk 2077 was nominated for anything. Uh, it it was nominated in the best RPG category, which Tales of Arise won, but, like, I don't know, I, I don't even think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but from the, the, the critical consensus around it was that that even if it wasn't buggy, it it wasn't an it wasn't a standout game anyway. Yeah, everything That's I heard about the RPG side about. of it was also kind of poor. I think it's like yeah. I don't know because I ke- I read comments about it occasionally about its you know overall quality, yeah. and it's like the impression it's writing and story is like at least okay, or like all pretty yeah. good even depending on the person. I don't know some people are more harsh in it, um, and, and than the others. shooting was decent. Yeah, but it's like yeah, using the RPG term for it, it feels generous from what I understand of it. It's like a lot of it's just yeah. it's most it's like Fallout Four, I think, where it's like it's good, it's a decent <laughs> That's action not a good game. Comparison. I know it's not. I'm saying it's more like <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm oh saying it's God. more of an action game than it is an RPG. So it feels like yeah. putting it in that like you know nominating for that award also seems incorrect, let alone its quality. Yeah. But um yeah, and and I guess like uh, I think you you also mentioned like. Forts are getting nominated in a few categories, even though technically it was released after the deadline. Yeah, like I'm not really bothered by that. I, I was just surprised just to see it. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, I thought it wasn't, but maybe yeah. I'm just misremembering probably. I, I'm just happy that Forza won. Like it won, I think, the best sports slash racing game. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it won best sound design, which I guess like if you think about like the world, uh, the music, the the sound of engines roaring of tires and things like that kind of makes sense that there's a lot happening at once and being able to make that sound convincing and real but also clear is also definitely like you know worthy of that and then it also won best accessibility which uh, I, I guess you know not needing accessibility options I don't really think about it so I, I guess I I'll, yeah I'd, I'd go with that <laughs> it's nice to see that yeah. like award as well because I don't have yeah. much respect for the TGAs generally, um, yeah. but it's uh, like I like that it exists. But I just wish it was a bit different. But honestly, it's it's been too long ago now that I can't really go on a rant about it. <laughs> so I'll just leave it there. <laughs> but it's yeah. um yeah I don't know. It's uh, like seeing those kind of awards. It's like it's I don't know. It's nice to see that kind of stuff appreciated. Yeah, and um, I, I was surprised to see uh, best narrative go to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, you always hear. Like traditionally, like licensed games have always been kind of panned and like kind of treated as like a, a, a like cashing in on a on a certain like famous IP. But from 
what I can tell, like people really did like some of the characters and things that happened in the story. And, and from what you told me, yeah, like it seems deserving. Yeah, from everything I've heard about the game, it's like, you know, people are like, I know it kind of landed with a bit of a thud. I'm not sure if it sold well or not. I, I think it might have mm. probably, probably sold a little disappointedly, but probably not that bad. I'd be surprised. But it's, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. That's something that I've been hearing a lot since it came out. I think just not just from reviews, but like from, you know, players as well. It's just how strong its writing is. So it's like, yeah. it was kind of like nice to see. It's like, oh, that seems, you know, that seems accurate to what I've heard this year. <laughs> so I was kind of glad yeah, about no, that. It was, it's very much one of those, um, like, oh, it was announced at E3 and released in the same year. You know, it wasn't like those like huge AAA games that are released, announced one year and released like a couple of years later. Yeah. It was good to see that the um, quality was there. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like a it's a bit of a sleeper hit, I think. I mean, mm. I'm not sure if that term actually counts. I don't, I don't think I've actually looked up the, how that term works. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, game of the year is um, it takes two from Hazelight and um, whatever that dude's name is. <laughs> I forget his uh, name. Joseph Farris. Yeah, I thought you'd remember it. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, like Hollywood guy. Or... Yeah, exactly. Um, though he seemed pretty <laughs> chill this time. Um, yeah. Well, he won. <laughs> yeah. <better> be <laughs> no, it's like it's like during the show they kept putting the camera on people and they kept putting the camera on him occasionally. <laughs> he seemed pretty relaxed. So <laughs> oh wow, that's a change because he's he's yeah he's a character. Yeah, I'll, I will also say I really can't get into it because I don't remember. <laughs> but it's like that's something that this awards like reminded me of, like this uh, last year's game awards is um there's very little time spent on the awards. It's like almost like a comical yes. small time. Like you like it's like yes. They just, they do it in passing, usually when like that's I guess like that's kinda why they want famous people presenting them, I guess. I yeah. don't think that really works. Like I'd rather have developers doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. That would be so cool. I yeah. I know what you mean. It's kind of like um it's like watching the daytime Emmys or something. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. we presented this uh, award, it was in the ad break. I was like, oh yeah, you know, like those award shows where they don't even read out the nominees. They just say, "Here's the award, and here went to," and you, it's clearly just edited, so they just see the clapping, and then it's the next thing. Yeah, like you can really like feel that. It's like we need to get to the next thing. It's like you know yeah. they do the like the award. I don't think is necessarily rushed, but they're not given any like time to really talk. I think except for the yes. end. Uh, well, yeah. maybe the big ones. I really was muting a lot of it. <laughs> I just had it on yeah. very passively. Um, <laughs> but, but I guess it's like there's a lot of moving parts, and you, you know. I guess you you've yeah because like Jeff Keeley's like this is a pretty big endeavor now I can't imagine it's a cheap thing to run so like you know there I guess there are a lot of agreements where sponsors and stuff have to have certain amounts of time of mm. airtime you want certain amount of celebrities to bring in viewership and things like that so yeah because that's yeah. that's right that's a thought I had I was wondering it's like this thing's been running for like seven years. And I was thinking, I remember thinking of the early ones. It's like, oh, I guess it makes sense. I'll have this much sponsorship. That's because it needs to have this. It needs money to make the show happen and stuff. Yeah. But it continues to have so much sponsorship, like all the way throughout it. Like so many trailers. Like so. Like I get. I understand why it gets so many trailers. But I was thinking, like, isn't it big enough to spend more time at this? Like to make enough money on individual announcements and stuff to mm. put more emphasis onto the show rather than just being like a big string of trailers. That's true. I. It just feels so. Now it just feels exploitive because <laughs> it's been running for so long and it's exactly the same. <laughs> like it's I don't know. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very very good question. I'll, I wish I knew the answer to that. I guess only Jeff Keeley and his accountants know yeah, for sure exactly so. how much goes into 
putting together a show like that. I guess you never like really question the Oscars. Like, you know, or you never really question the Grammys. You just assume, oh, that's just money just comes from the industry or something. Whereas this, this isn't technically sponsored by the ESA, like the industry per se. It's like Jeff Keighley started the organization, like leveraging his contacts and everything to kind of make it work. And yeah, I'm surprised. As, yeah, because I think uh, Oscars are Tencent probably... hasn't bought a part of Jeff Keighley. Yeah. <laughs> he's been embraced by the embracer group yeah has he not sold part of his souls <laughs> so yeah. next thing you know there's like uh, a lot more like it's broadcast in China and there's like Chinese sponsorship everywhere like what's happening in Hollywood I guess that's the alternative <laughs> I guess <laughs> guess it's better oh. um, anyway so last bit of news um, for yep. this time um, Sony announced the PSVR 2 I think last week, I forget when exactly. <laughs> yeah, CES. Yeah, during the uh, the the virtu- I guess the virtu. No, I guess it happened in person as well. Same thing with, like, the consumer electronics show. Usually, like, similar to E three, a lot of people can't question its relevance in twenty twenty two. But hey, we get nuggets like this, which uh, looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's like um, basically a high end headset, similar to mm. the Steam Index, like a very similar level, um, with a lot yeah. of higher quality uh, the valve index yep oh yeah sorry um <laughs> the higher like just higher quality hardware than i think anyone expected yeah. so i'll just mm. run through it quick so it's 2000 by 2040 per eye resolution screens inside the headset mm-hmm. um oled with hdr which is a first for um vr in general like no yeah, none that's of, huge yeah and um up to 120 hertz fresh refresh rate also good I think I think that's pretty normal by now, but um. Yeah, I think I think they like good headsets are about the ninety. I think the research shows that about ninety hertz is when, like, motion sickness is like kind of really reduced. So right. Hey, hundred twenty hertz must help that. <laughs> yeah. Um, inside out tracking, um, for cameras in the headset. Um, so no like lighthouse setup like the index uses. Yeah, like um, extra kind of sensors and stuff around the room, so no need for that. And um, controllers are only tracked when in view of the headset cameras. Not quite sure exactly. I, I imagine that's the same sort of deal. Like, just yeah, internal. I guess it's like um, it's 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 like it's doing away with the current limitation where the 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 current situation where you have to have that PlayStation camera plus uh, and, and the PlayStation camera kind of tracks the light bar on like a DualShock or the 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 the, the light up globes on the Move controllers. Yeah, so actually, this, like inside out <laughs> tracking really I, is more accurate. But yeah, yeah, I actually own a PSVR and I actually forgot that it needed a camera. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> just, hey, yeah, that's actually a big upgrade. Actually, it's nice. Yeah. Um. So this, yeah, this this would be yeah, no no trying to track down a, a camera at Christmas. Yeah. Um. Next, this maybe the biggest one. So there's cameras inside the headset that are tracking your eye m- movement. For this is for um, pretty sure it's called foveated rendering. So it means it mm. renders the game based on where your eyes are looking, which means it yeah. save, save a lot of resolution and rendering and resources. Um, yeah, makes sense because like the way the human eye works, whatever's center central in your vision, that's got most the most accurate color information and resolution. And then towards your peripheral vision, if you actually think about it, like you can't really see much resolution there. Yeah, it's definitely. just kind of like blurry, and it's just like you you can kind of make out shapes. But if that's the case, then it like yeah, it'll be interesting because like I'm always curious about that because like because it's so close to your eye, I wonder how much of that peripheral vision, like how much your eye does versus how much the system will do. You know what I mean? Like it'll yeah. be interesting to see that mix. Mm. 
yeah i'm kind of curious like mm-hmm. how just how well we actually got a glimpse of it which i'll get into a second um yeah so we have not seen the headset actually yet um but we have seen the sense controllers um which will be the new vr controllers that the psvr 2 will use so it's a lot like the again it's a lot like the index controllers um but this time these will have haptics in the controller which i'm not sure is new or not um but i imagine it's, it's going to be an extension of the dual sensors technologies or, or just the hardware in general the, the triggers and them yeah um semi finger tracking because your holes kind of go through this sort of um, hole in the grip and that's how yeah. you can kind of track it like think of like a, if you've ever seen a, like a fencing sword, whatever they call it. It's like imagine just the hilt part of it where it's like kind of curved, like goes right. around your hand. It's sort of like a few VR controllers are doing this. I think it turns out to be a bit more comfortable, I'm guessing, long term, like mm. when you're doing a longer session. Um, it will have dual sense controller uh, features, which means improved rumble and resistive triggers, which is really nice. Cool. Actually, I love that idea. And um and yeah and it'll be wired still not wireless so it'll use a single yep. USB-C cord um which will connect to the ps5 which is again another huge upgrade of the psvr currently which yeah. is very um a lot of like, lot of cables you had like a breakout box and then like a thick a couple of cables yeah like one for data one for power or something like that. yeah it's I like it's not it like pretty... it's not the most i don't know it's more about like how heavy it is to me like i actually don't mind yeah. like because like they've tried to stream with the original one they try to streamline a lot of the cables into like a single thread even though they're all kind yeah. of separate so it's not the word it's just more the weight of it so hopefully it's kind yeah. of easier this time because um, that's the thing like people like Truth be told, like the PlayStation VR is probably the most affordable mainstream headset. And I think most people might, like, I guess, like, people who aren't, you know, tech dads with like a den, a VR gaming den with like a $2,000 budget for like a, you know, a VR headset. Like, the PSVR was probably like a pretty good, like, kind of compromise. Well, what's kind of interesting about it is like, originally the PSVR was like, it was before the Quest became a thing. Or like both yes. of them. And the Quest 2 is very much like the mainstream VR device now. And, now, the, yeah. and the PSVR 2 actually makes a lot of sense where it's like instead of kind of going that middle ground where mm. it's going to inevitably lose against the Quests, as yeah. especially as they get even better. Um, yeah. You know, they're so going for the, the high the quest, end. So just to clarify, the Quest is the... It's, it's, a, it's a VR headset from... Uh, I guess meta now, like yeah, meta, because uh, yeah. o- I think like Oculus is kind of like retired. I think that yeah, thing's retired. So it's yeah, it's like it was a wireless head headset. It didn't need a phone to be plugged in. It didn't need to be plugged into a PC or anything. All the hardware was basically built into the headset. Um, yeah, and then yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, it's worth mentioning though. Yeah, so it's like it's yeah, so that's basically getting even further away from the MetaQuest in terms of like hardware <laughs> and probably cost. It's probably going to be really pretty expensive. Compared yeah. to what, how the PSVR started, which was, I think, around the price of a PS4, probably it wasn't yeah, too. It, it was, was around six hundred bucks, I think, for the like the pack. Oh really? Okay. Oh, with the yeah. PS4 or without it? I thought it was. I think with. Oh. Or was it just I'm with the controllers? No, because because it was like a pack with the because you remember you had to get the headset, the camera, and then you had the two move controllers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and then you could also buy just the headset. Yeah. Because some people yeah. already had the camera for streaming or, you know, because. Yeah, because 
Yeah. You know, people always buy whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, so. But interesting, like MetaQuest sounds like a game. Like it doesn't, it does. like, that actually yeah. sounds like an old school RPG <laughs> series or something. <laughs> yeah. If, if there was like any charm to Facebook slash Meta at all as a company, I feel like it would already have made a game called MetaQuest. Like, but, it feels yeah. like, I don't know, it feels, I don't know. You're right. It does sound like a fierce one, JLPG. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we've got our first glimpse at a game running on the PSVR 2 called Horizon VR Call of the Mountain um, by Guerrilla Games and Fire Sprite, which was just purchased yep. somewhat recently by PlayStation. Yeah, um, makes sense that it's, uh, this makes sense that this is the project that they worked on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because I think that was another thing where there was a rumor a little while ago that Fire Sprite or was working on some like first party or like high profile spin-off or something. Mm. So as I like, kind of connected the dots there as well. Um, yeah, otherwise, I don't think we've got a good look at it. It seems like we just have this like on rails section with like these new characters we haven't seen before. Otherwise, yeah, just another Horizon game, which will be coming out probably this year with, or like it'll probably be at least coming out with the PSVR 2. So it feels like that kind mm. of thing. And and potentially uh, Half Life Alex as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how substan like how real those rumors are, <laughs> like if they yeah. can really stand up, but. Um, yeah, so I, there are insiders claiming that that's what's happening, which yeah, would be very I mean, it exciting. It makes sense. Like Half Life, Half Life Alex, I think is like for a lot of people probably their favorite VR game. Like it, you could really tell that it was built from the ground up for VR. Yeah, and and really takes advantage of the medium. Mm. Yeah, it's like if mm. if Alex was actually on PSVR two, like I would be so much more receptive to buying one for whatever <laughs> ridiculous price it costs. Yeah, just because like no, I know it's meant enough. to be very, very good, but like you know, it's like you know, it's like a Nintendo classic or oh, you know, a Valve classic. Really, yeah. like they make yeah. games of like just such overwhelming quality in terms, of, like especially it's like not just quality, but like the way it uses the hardware is just so exciting. Yeah, so I was like, man, I really want to play that. <laughs> Trust Valve to do that. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's, uh, that's going to do it for the, the news for this past week. Uh, let's talk about... Let's just take a little bit easy. Talk about some of the things that we've been playing and watching. John, you mentioned that you've been playing a couple of games over the break. Yeah, I've been playing Spelunky 2, which I think I checked my... That's so- you're continuing. <laughs> yeah, that feud of mine. <laughs> it's, I've not made it much further, to be honest. I, like, I have made it further. <laughs> but not much further. Like, that game kills you on a whim so frequently. Um, but I don't know. I've had this, but I should have my Switch here somewhere, actually. Hang on. <laughs> I'll check how many hours I've got on it because <laughs> it tells me now. So you, you put in a lot of hours, but not necessarily gone further into the dungeon. That's what it sounds yeah, 50 like. 50 hours or more. So <laughs> and I've, like, made... <laughs> yeah, it I've caps made, out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll, it'll go higher. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> but I played um, Horizon Zero Dawn as well, I guess, because the nice. sequel's coming out. Um, but it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's got, and, it, and it was free on PS Plus, right? The yeah. complete edition. And it got so. um, a 60 frames update at some time last... For PS5. For a while. Yeah. So I've been nice. playing that. It's um. Oh, that's good. I didn't realize how, like explicitly inspired by Witcher 3 it was like really? everything about it <laughs> like every aspect of the game like mechanically aside from the actual hunting part is like yeah like the way you you talk to a person and like the way quests play out and like the tent I don't know something about 
It's like almost every aspect. Like I, I don't know. Someone with way more experience with Witcher Three than I, because I have played a lot of that game, but it's been a long time, and I don't remember it yeah. super well anymore. It just clicked kind of recently. It's yeah. like, oh, that's what it's yeah, doing. <laughs> Horizon Horizon was a twenty six. I think Horizon came out in twenty sixteen, and Witcher was like twenty thirteen. And, then, and right? Witcher was twenty. Oh no, could be 30, fourteen 30. or fifteen. Yeah. Oh, maybe. It, I yes. don't know. Maybe it was just inspired by Witcher in general or something. I don't know. It just felt very. I mean, it, it could be. I don't know. Maybe not. It just felt very similar because it's like it's kind of got that medieval, you know, a fantasy aesthetic. inspired vibe. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it feels like there's it's a true. lot of roots or like a lot of inspiration yep. from how CD Projekt did it. Um, yeah, and and like it makes sense. You know, you had there were like methodical approaches to to taking down large monsters and and things like that. So it. it I can see that. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think Witcher was the bench, and I think still is the benchmark when it comes to an open world in terms of depth of story and, 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 and like characters and, and things like that. Like, I think Skyrim was the previous kind of benchmark, but I think from what I've seen and all the reviews, the consensus around Witcher is that, yeah, Witcher's pretty much the best well, it's like, mix of, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. It's like, I don't, I generally don't like Witcher 3 as much as others. I don't think it's terrible or anything, but it's um I don't praise it quite as highly. Um, but it's like it's more about how it's um how it's structured because you know like Skyrim is very f- open, like in as- mechanically, like you can kind of go from yeah. here and there and kind of do whatever you want as like a character. Witcher is much more uh, constrained. You know, it's, yeah. it's very like you're playing but, Geralt. Yeah. You can only do so much, and you're just it's more yeah. about the story and how it presents how it's presented. That's kind of what reminds yeah. me of Witcher and Witcher. Horizon. It's like it, you kind of you can only do so much. You have like some small twi- like oh you can't like I don't think there's any like difference like there's no branching in the story at all from what I understand. Mm. Um, but it's I don't know. It's a lot of um, a lot of its approach just feels very familiar in that sense. But um, that sounds good. Yeah, but uh, what about Halo Infinite? Yeah, I I just finished it last week, so uh, it's um like there's a lot to digest like it's like it's it overall i really like taylor infinite like it definitely is my game of the year um for 2021 uh, but it's like there's like two parts to the campaign there's a really fun open world aspect um just like jumping around getting getting up to shenanigans and you know recruiting marines and just going up to blow up bases and just have fun and then there's like the corridor shooter traditional halo levels and it's not it's not like in it's not like the traditional halo levels it's like the worst halo levels like it's, where it's literally just the same room after the same room yeah whereas i've heard like, the environments are very similar yeah. for missions yeah yeah and i'm just like okay so i'm in another blue metallic room <laughs> and then then like the enemies don't really change like there's so much scope like halo has done variety and done unique mission design before but 343 industries like the the three games that 343 has done hasn't really showed that off i mean the the story is definitely a lot more personal and it does delve into the relationship between um you know master chief and cortana and kind of like like halo 4 has some of the most like kind of like emotional cutscenes that i've seen in a lot in gaming and that's very funny when you talk about the idea of like basically a robotic super soldier talking to an artificial intelligence but yeah. <laughs> there, there's there was a lot of emotion in some of those scenes and, and and that relationship there and like this game kind of this game does touch on that and master chief does 
speak more in this and he does have like there is definitely you know change as character like growth as character in this which is which is cool to see but it's like the bits in between that are like kind of pretty boring right like it's great game like the guns feel great to shoot and everything but it's like they could have done so much more with the tools they had but i i, I just wonder like you know uh there's been a like the ancient enemy there's this somehow this other ancient enemy that we've never heard about before has been uncovered and now the it seems like the first expansion to this game because apparently like halo infinite can still the the whole idea was that it's going to be the next 10 years of halo like it's a platform and it sounds like the first expansion to it will be focused on this new enemy type but it's like um if it's just going to be yeah like i'm i'm a diehard like i'm a sucker for halo so i'll i'll play it but it's like it's not going to be it, I, I really hope that it changes things up in terms of the 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 missions mm. um because the the open world in halo is a lot of fun the grappling hook is like probably the second best grappling hook for like compared to like Titanfall 2 but <laughs> like and and the gunplay is as fun as ever like the vehicles are fun it's just like the the incidental dialogue in the world is hilarious but the the actual mainline story is a bit it's just like silly it's just okay. it's like a macguffin to the max so does it really just, like keep yeah. you hooked for the future like it's kind of meant to i like it like it it does it sets up like a new potential enemy to talk about but it's like it does the thing that like marvel does where it's like i'm this person like you you don't like oh you idiot you don't understand what you the significance of who i am and what i'm unlocking but in the end it just turns out to be like okay this person is just like another one of those like you know forgettable like villains right who just happen to like you know, you, uh, like there's there's a beam into the sky. Like you know, it does all that Marvel stuff. <laughs> yeah. That like it, 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 it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's like the actual bad, like the actual end game. Like the the person you fight at the end was like underwhelming in terms of like the build up to it and and who they are and everything. Like you just don't care who they are. Like right. You know, it's it's like okay. It's like name the bad guy from uh, Thor two. I don't. Oh, it's like Malekith or whatever. Malekith. Malekith. This is. I think I only. Like, I, he was like. I only kind of like elf. Yeah, something. I think I only remember it because I was reminded of it very recently too. If you right, okay, asked yeah. me before that, no way. Yeah, it's like okay, uh, you know, and it's like those those that level of villain. Yeah, like <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but that's yeah. Like the 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 character of the didact from Halo Four and Five was a better character yeah and um yeah like oh. mm. so you think yeah. like i think we've already kind of gone over this in like previous episodes actually but yeah. like do you think like 343 is like finally nailed the gameplay after bungie like just every yes. yeah yes and now it needs to work on the story okay and and like it's like there's two parts of the team there's the team that says we really want to tell this really emo- emotional like we there's like two things happening there's like the straightforward just like we've got to save the world story and there's the we've uh, we've got to develop the master chief cortana relationship and and like the humanity of you know of a super soldier like and things like that so yeah it's like i want i want the other team i don't want the corridor shooter team to lead the next project i want this the really thoughtful story like you know, I, I just want them to like. I I haven't personally finished Halo Three myself, but I know that 
the missions and that that I've played are very varied. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's the only Halo I haven't finished. Yeah, I'll see. And apparently, it's the highlight of the series. So I haven't played that or Reach, which have two of like two of the most beloved <laughs> games in the series. Yeah. Um, but hey, I've got access to Master Chief Collection, so I guess I should oh. get on that. What? <laughs> what do you? What would you say about like a Telltale dev made Halo game doing all this stuff yeah, that you, you want? Know, that could work. Um, but the only problem is that Telltale games don't play well. <laughs> and yeah. Halo needs to play well, otherwise it falls apart. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> so many yeah, around, just go scoop up a yeah. few Telltale devs. <laughs> I, and, 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 it, and this game does the annoying thing where the end of Halo 5, you've, Cortana goes rogue. She's basically brought the galaxy to its knees by saying that AIs must just like make um, sentient life subservient to it to save it from itself, right? And then in this game, it's like, oh yeah, Cortana's dead. Um, oh yeah, all this stuff happened. The big bad guy you fought at the... Yeah, they're, they're dead. All this stuff's all gone. Don't worry about it. That happened. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not the... Yeah, like, I had to like watch multiple YouTube videos to figure out what happened in between oh. the last game and this. It and sounds like, like the I, same I don't problem. like that. <laughs> sounds like the same problem these games always seem to have from 343. Exactly. It's like so much... Like, except this time, it's more like there's empty space. <laughs> It, exactly it's like and it, it's like huge ramifications yeah and it's like what it's like oh so somehow the, the 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 brutes that i'm fighting in this game were able to bring down cortana when cortana like it's like oh, i just yeah uh, but yeah anyway it's um the audio logs and stuff like kind of fill in some of the stuff in the side but unless you have watched those youtube videos or read the the comic books or read there have been like 10 novels since Halo 5 or something ridiculous like that, you know, and then Halo Wars 2 wasn't like, like the bad, the, the group you're fighting in this comes from Halo Wars 2, which was a spin-off that no one really played except really hardcore well, uh, Halo fans. <laughs> As someone who doesn't play Halo at all, really at all, yeah. I actually really like the idea that Halo Wars 2 introduced the new faction. I thought that was kind of neat, but I don't know yeah, how like, that feels it's in cool, the actual game. But it's like, it's like, I didn't play, so it's just yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh man. Anyway, uh, like I, I think if I, if you talk to me like at the big middle, like you know, middle of the game, I would be really psyched on it. But like playing the end of the game, it's kind of brought me down. Right. And now, like I'm playing the like the multiplayer is fun as heck, but it's full of bugs. Like a lot of people complain about bugs and things like that. Like I haven't really suffered from that, but uh, it has the same pet peeve that I have with every other shooter. And you know, okay. You have these limited time events in multiplayer games. Great. Earn unique rewards, do this, do that. But don't make it so that the only way I can earn those rewards are if I play this specific game mode. But then if I do that, I can't play normal modes and I can't play ranked. So I can't level up my season and whatever. I'm the type of person who I've got limited time to play games. You know, I want to be able to progress in ranked and blah 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 but then i don't want to be like okay well every three weeks i've got to stop what i'm doing and just play this other game mode yeah you know? i've heard fiesta yeah, is anyway. largely disliked <laughs> that's it right well, that's the thing, fiesta. Like, but don't make it the only mode yeah like, yeah that's like why can't i uh, play ranked and still get uh you know still do like level up the event pass you know what i mean i'll hmm um, but yeah, that's not just that's destiny. That's everything. Where it's like you, you play a game mode that's not necessarily the best, and then you can't level up other parts of the anyway. 
but yeah, that's. I think that'll be something that three four three will work on. I mean, Battlefield's copped a lot of shit. Three four three's copping a lot of shit. Like it's just shit being thrown everywhere. Like, like the Battlefield yeah. twenty forty two subreddit was like the mods threatened to shut it down. Yeah, I heard because about of that. the toxicity. So mm. it's yeah. Anyway, a lot of lot of <laughs> a lot of yeah, free time of over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get angry. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. Like, I actually got, like, the Dolby Atmos for headphones. I actually paid that bloody thing so I could... I was really tempted nice to sound. buy that, actually, recently, because yeah. I knew... It was that. on discount. <laughs> yeah, because I know... Yeah, it was, and I was like, oh, maybe yeah. I should have bought it, but whatever. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, like, I, I plugged in my computer into the living room, and then you could have Dolby Atmos there, and you could play with the speakers and everything, and then I eventually had to move it to the, the, the office... And I played it there, but like with headphones, like it sounds great. Like Dolby Atmos really does make games sound better. I just wish more games supported it. Like the whole idea of 3D audio is awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, like even back when Overwatch included Dolby Atmos in the game, hmm. like without having to pay for a separate thing. But anyway, <laughs> first world problems, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that you've seen. Uh, you finished Hawkeye, right? Yep. Disney's Marvel's Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the TV show. Yeah, lots of uh, adjectives. Um, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I really liked it actually. It's definitely like, it's probably... That's good. Yeah. Have you finished much of... I don't remember how much you've seen I, of I've only stuff. seen a couple of the episodes. So yeah. like the part like the part I'm up to is like, um, uh, like I guess they started working together and I don't know. It's a uh, like... It's like I think the second episode or something, so I'm not really okay. that far in. Like it, it hasn't really hooked me in the way that I was hoping it would. Um, yeah, because like when I watched the first yeah. episode, I was kind of surprised at how dour it felt, like how down it was. Like not in a way that it's like yeah. incredibly sad, but just the way it's like I was kind of expecting a more peppy comedy than it was. Yeah, and like it kind like of it, it, it tries. Yeah, it kind of evolves into that over yeah. time, to be honest. But okay, like, um, that's good. yeah, it's just I was surprised that it, like it wasn't like that kind of initially. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because like, have you like, seen um, the other Uncle. Disney Marvel yes. things? Yes, so yeah. I've seen all the other ones, except the What If series. I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen I that have seen, Yeah, yeah. Um, I have seen WandaVision, Falcon, and then uh, Loki. Loki. Yeah. I, I will say is like, compared to the rest of them, because like, the problem I have with almost all those other ones is that the endings are always, they always fall really flat to me. Um, and this one, I felt the ending was stronger just generally good. I think just because it was That's a good. more like horizontal sort of experience with it like it doesn't like it doesn't really spike in any way like it's generally quite good, That's good. for the most of the way and it ends in a way that was satisfying to me yeah and like, like like WandaVision started off very slow and kind of like blew up into like bigger ramifications uh, I found like Falcon and Winter Soldier like was just kind of like it was like that buddy cop kind of idea like it it and um, like the whole idea of like you know we've solved racism, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, like and then what is it, Loki? It, I think it started off really strong and then ended really poorly. Like just ended, like it just went up its own ass and tried to do too much. Because yeah, I'll, I'll say with Loki, because I don't think we're ever get able to get into it. Um, yeah, I actually really loved the last episode for what it meant for everything else. As a final episode, because I was I was already like kind of annoyed with the show, like a few episodes in, I was yeah. I already felt like it was like getting away from what was interesting in the first and second episode. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of off the train already. So I was like, what, like by the second, by like it, it kind of dedicates the entire last episode to as like an exposition dump for this big I'm new just, villain, yeah. and like that's the whole thing. 
and it's like i actually kind of loved so it. annoying i loved him <laughs> but like um i kind of like i kind of love that though it's like i was already like i was already like very on board with the villain and like so that helps i guess anyway yeah, my point was yeah, that like, know, like all these endings yeah. have been so flat to because yeah. they always end in the same disney way even though they have a television series before it that felt so much more like you know like an actual tv drama that don't really yeah. end in that sense and yeah yeah because like yeah all, all of them were frustrating to me in some way some fashion except mm. for this one where i thought it was like Which it was an incredible oh. ending necessarily i just thought it was like but it was better yeah I, I just thought it was like oh i'm happy with that and like cool. switch i guess oh. isn't high praise <laughs> <laughs> for disney yeah. for, for marvel show oh hey i'll i'll take that i'm looking forward to it now then uh especially that i heard like um i guess there's some spoilers because it's literally on the the marvel um youtube channel it was like announced it was like oh, yeah. elena like black widow's sister like yeah. the new black widow i guess is like in this yeah um, i was very the happy about the season that. so yeah. yeah so that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of pans out um yeah and i guess the like uh book of boba fett a couple episodes have come out i've only seen episode one i haven't seen episode two hmm. um so I, I i really i've liked what i've seen so far i really like this like like it's cool like kind of delving into what happened to Boba Fett at the end of episode six like after episode six and like um it's yeah like for my wife who hasn't seen the prequel trilogy it's a it's like who's Boba Fett why does he like and also like Boba Fett really doesn't if you actually think about it Boba Fett doesn't really matter in Star Wars yeah he really think about it like he he's he's like a bumbling idiot in the Star Wars movies if you think about it like he just lucks upon Han Solo and he like doesn't he like bumble his doesn't he fall into the Sarlacc pit by accident like Uh, I don't know I thought he was like kicked in or something yeah like he's just like in a fight he just happens to get kicked like it was just like Hmm. I don't know like Boba Fett what, I, I don't know why everyone thinks of him as this badass. Like, I feel like Django Fett, like, <laughs> Tamuwa Morrison's, like, kind of depiction of Django Fett in episode two was more cool than anything else Boba Fett did. Yeah, it's... Well, it's like, that's something I liked about the show, though. It's like, they brought him back, yeah. and it's like, the show wouldn't work so without cool. him. Like, he's very good <laughs> in the role. And no explanation for why his accent changed. <laughs> did it? <laughs> From, like, the truth. No, but, like, think oh, about it. Oh, you mean like, in the back movie? In the, oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, this, like... <laughs> that is so old American as well. Boys. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, so how did you find the first episode? Uh, I, I I liked it. I really liked it. Like, um, like it is slow going, but it's not as slow as like the Mandalorian. And like, kind of, it, it's cool. Like, it's like establishing him as a different character. Like, he he's a different type of. He's like an anti-hero now. Like, there's a gray. The shades of gray to him now versus when we've seen him previously. And I really like that. You know, like, um, and it's cool. Like, they like reused unused footage from Attack of the Clones to show like kind of the flashbacks and stuff. Oh, really? I didn't of, know that. Of the kid, yeah. So I was like, that's that's so cool. Like, that's like a such a, a like a smart idea. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I like, like yeah. I personally didn't love the first episode. Like, I was it was okay, mm. but it was kind of like it's like not oh, much happened. Yeah, it's like it felt it just felt very, I don't know, general Star Wars stuff and not much else. Yeah. It's just like a lot of walking. Oh. Uh, it's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna show off the cantina. We're gonna show off some weird, like alien spit. We're gonna show off, you know, mm. like it, it kind of ticks those boxes. Yeah, I will but say it like, is on Tatooine. 
yeah, again, all these fucking sand planets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I will say something that stood out to me when I was watching the second one is that like, I think what I didn't like about the first one is that there weren't, weren't really any highlights to it to me yep. like there wasn't really anything i really remembered or cared about all that strongly it's just like stuff kind of except happened. those water eggs those water eggs from the ground or like whatever water coconuts or whatever they are yeah i guess <laughs> but it's like the second one yeah you haven't seen it but i'll say that it's like i really enjoyed the second one i'm not sure if that's the Sweet. consensus but like um I, okay and there was like lots of you that's know good. lots of individual scenes that was like oh that was cool you know this sort of yeah. thing where it's like hey. that's kind of what i was hoping for excited for that like yes. like it's funny like seeing like flashbacks to Geonosis and stuff, you know, where the, the clones originated from. And I'm like, they're not spelt out. Like, it's like you see it and you, sh- you kind of know what it is. But my wife hasn't seen the first three movies. So it's like, she has no context for the prequel trilogy. Right. Of like any of that. So I'm like, I wonder it'll be interesting like to see what, what she gets out of it, not having that context. But I feel like Boba no, Fett... I'll, 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 she'll watch it soon. I feel so like I'll Boba Fett would it. be interesting. Like, I feel like that entire backstory would be more interesting if you knew less about it than you do if you've seen the movies. It feels like one of those ones Makes where sense. you get like hints about it. It's like, oh, he's a clone. Oh, like, oh, he, yeah. you know, it's like his dad was like the first one. You know, like there's like, yeah, if you see yeah. like snapshots of his, like of like episode two and his role in it, I bet it'll be yeah. so much more intriguing than it actually is, which is not terrible, yeah. but you know. I could imagine it being yeah. exciting, but maybe not. It's like, <laughs> uh, like he got beat up. Yep, chuck him in the chuck him in the the healing bath or whatever. Yeah, the healing it's, pod. It's time for your spa. <laughs> and he comes out and he's just in a robe. He's just like it's not even a space robe. It's just like something from Kmart. It was like <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, that was. And my wife is just like, why is this like uh, the uh, Ma? What was her name? Ma Ling. Ma Ning. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Ming Na Wen. I think is her name. Yeah, Ming Na. Like the Fennec Shan, like the assassin character, like his sidekick. Like she's like, why, why is she so negative? Why is she like shutting him down every two seconds? Like my wife was just like, what's wrong with it? Like just go with it. <laughs> and and like um, her like, I was just looking at the visors. Like Boba Fett and her like helmets don't make any sense. How can they see anything? Like it's oh, literally yeah. just like a slit. Yeah, but uh, like because I know Boba Fett's helmet is like it's like camera. computer inside it yeah. something technically but it's like there was that bit where it's like off and you can't see anything i think i was yeah. in the first episode right something like that yeah yeah and i'm just like okay he's got like kind of like that scouter thing on top of his head the antenna yeah. but that's like <laughs> i'm just like ah, oh, it's yeah silly yeah. anyway it's um interesting uh i'm excited to to see episode two but spider-man no way home i saw that i loved it I think it was freaking amazing. The twist in it was a huge surprise to me. I guess everyone else knew it besides me. Oh, really? I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it, but um, you haven't seen it yet, have you? No, but I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I'm hoping like when you see it, I'd love to have a chat about it because that would be a lot of fun. We'll do a proper <laughs> spoiler chat. I did watch the first, the Raimi Spider-Mans. <laughs> That's, I watched that around the time see, it came out because like, it came yeah. out, like I didn't realize school holidays were starting. And like it came out right before it, and I was like kind of putting it off. It's like, oh, I'll watch it next week. And then school, school holidays started, and like the cinemas are just packed. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. It's too much. To, like, I just don't want to be around that many crowds. Oh, you, you're talking about No Way Home. I oh, what I was talking about when, this, oh, sorry, when the Sam Raimi films No, came I meant out. as in like, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable watching the new one. Yeah. Like, just because yep, it's yep. like, oh, that's just so much effort <laughs> for what, or something. Yeah, um, yeah so I ended cool. up watching the original ones. Yeah. It's like, man, yeah. those movies hold up so well. <laughs> like, I haven't actually, like, uh, like if I actually think about it, I haven't seen three. 
I've seen bits of two and I've seen most of one. But I haven't actually <laughs> sat down and watched them. That's very odd. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, that's like... Like, I've watched the Andrew Garfield ones, <laughs> but I haven't seen the original three. Are you even a fan of Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I like Spider-Man. And I really like Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I think he's oh, a cool man. character. Yeah. So. No, I meant, like, how do you uh, come away as a fan of Spider-Man having only seen those ones? <laughs> yeah. I think I just, like, I just like the idea of that character. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, honestly, Tom Holland's depiction of Spider-Man is really... I think it's my favorite one in terms of... Like, he just... He plays it so well. Like, he... he he plays it so well in terms of the incredulity of the situations is put in and like the fact that he's actually probably the closest like I'm sorry but Tobey Maguire did not look like as a 15 year old <laughs> in, in Spider-Man 1 like he yeah like Tom Holland definitely gives off the vibes of like I can believe him as being the teenager going yeah, into college now yeah so. he's much closer to I've heard the performances in general are very good in a way yeah yeah um, yeah like and it's um yeah, like you can definitely tell that there's like a lot of care was put together and a lot of like good throwbacks there. But um, it's like, I'm sorry, but I feel like you put all these villains together, but like really there's only like, ha- people only really care about two Spider-Man villains and that's, you know, uh, Green Goblin and Doc Ock. I don't think anyone cared about like Jamie Foxx's Electro or no. the Sandman or whatever. Like I don't think, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> curious to see how all that stuff panned out. Like in but terms of like it, screen I, I time and stuff. It was good. I think the movie was good, and and the way it ends, like it, it does end in a very sad way, um, for Peter. But you know what? Like I think when you see it, you'll understand where I mean. Where I say that, like it, it really does pay respect to the kind of the heritage of the previous films. I'll, I'll leave it there. And okay. yeah, and Tom Holland really does like play Spider Man really well, um, and you kind of feel bad for him. Anyway, that's been a that's been a, a crazy, a crazy like a roller coaster ride of an episode. Great to be back. Great to be back in the seat. Uh, great to have you uh, here as well, John. Yeah, thanks, Avia. It was nice to record again. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, three four weeks now. I think it was just like mm. everything just happened. It's at actually once. not even that long. <laughs> it just feels like a while. Yeah, no, it just feels like a while. Um, but yeah, um, folks, if you loved what you heard um, throughout the episode, please don't forget to subscribe or follow us on your podcast service of choice. And if you've got some questions or if you'd like to send in why you disagree with some of the opinions we've expressed throughout the episode, uh, please write in at podcast at doublejump.co. We'd love to read out your thoughts in next week's show. But yes, um, Head over to doublejump.co to read all of our articles and our awesome Game of the Year uh, content that we're going to be releasing hopefully in the next week or so. Um, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be fun, and we're going to we've got some great new articles coming out. Jake's back in the. Uh, um, it's good seeing Jake ride again. Yeah, Always, back um, in the saddle. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it feels good for him as well. And um, yeah, John. Until next time. Oh. Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Look out for one out. Oh my god, I forgot my catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everyone. Look out for one another. Thanks, John. Oh, thanks. Bye. <laughs>
I forgot the order. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just I'm, I'm a bit rusty. Yeah. <laughs>